2: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Score! This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago.
3: When you're in the mix of things like we are, you don't really look at that. You're so focused in on the next the next game. and I think if you make that your focus, uh, you're probably gonna have a problem and get knocked off uh, whatever pedestal people think you're on. And so in this game, there's too much parity in this game to take your energy and put it in that direction. So we're focusing on this game here um, against a great football team. And it t- it's gonna take all our energy to do well against them. You know.
2: Now show me again. It's time with those nuggies. That's Andy Reid talking about whether or not his team is a dynasty. I think in modern context, of course they are doing what they've done. There's no question that uh, being able to get at least this far as many times as they have is a huge deal. Here to talk some football and more with us is our friend, Carmen Vitale. She's on Twitter at Carmi V, NFC North reporter for Fox Sports. And according to the bio I was given today, it says former NFL quarterback. See, See, that's it.
1: Okay, Carmen, we had
0: Sean King on in this slot yesterday. And like an idiot, I left... (laughs) his description i i like along it. with yours I, th-
2: I think it's i think it's good sure. for the backstory that we should we should
3: uh retcon it
1: what were you running air raid stuff is that what you were doing when you were playing qb carmen
3: no 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 no. i'm much more of a play action girl i like to get everybody involved there it is. pro
1: style i like up, it up. i like it that's the way that it should be how's vegas
3: um it's incredible as always uh honestly though Vegas is so uniquely equipped to handle large scale events like this, so much so that I had an Uber driver the other day that didn't know that the Super Bowl was in town. She was like, "Yeah, there's something going on at T-Mobile Arena, which was the Oilers, Las Vegas Knights, Golden Knights game." I'm like, "No, that's not it. That's that's (laughs) not what." (laughs) The folks
1: didn't fly down from Edmonton to 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 jam up all of Vegas. There were
3: a lot of Oilers fans in my hotel. I was like kind of shocked that there are that many
4: Edmonton
1: <laughs> it's pretty crazy yeah well, I'm
4: just thinking about that like how many people probably did want to travel from Canada to Vegas for that game well I mean
1: they 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 snowboarded down to Vegas and Arizona quite a bit from Canada there's a lot of people who own property in both Vegas and Arizona from Canada but but for them to shut down the city the, you have to have like I don't know a Super Bowl going on. Since we're already into nonsense, we'll ask you the nonsense question that we've been asking all of our people that are down there at the Super Bowl. Vegas okay. has a lot of temptation, a lot of vices, Carmen. Uh-huh. We want to know what's yours. Like, what do you have to stay away with? So all, some of the answers that we've already had. Unfortunately, our buddy Ron Ugly says that he can't stay away from the, the fruity drinks and and that there there's a stand where they're making fruity drinks right by his elevator. So he had five of them the other day. Um, Adam Hogue said that he just likes to wander around. Like that's his issue. Who else? Who else right. did we ask about this? We Kaylin. Have, uh, Kaylin. Oh yeah. What was Kaylin's? The oh sh- show concerts. Yeah. She says that she's struck by the concerts and she has to be careful not to spend too much money on that. So for you, what's the thing that when you're in Las Vegas? You're like I have to stay away from blank
3: can I go out of left field a little bit and just say the sheer volume of times I've been here okay <laughs> mostly been for work recently but uh, I went to Arizona State for undergrad and I think my senior year I came up here once a month and I've probably been one to two times every year so. <laughs> God! Wow um and I don't gamble either which is the funny part like I don't have a lot of devices um but if you get me in a club, not anymore. I'm too old for that now. But in my, in my youth, if you got me in a club, I couldn't resist shots. I would do – shots are never a good idea until they're a great idea. As
4: far as- Hold on. When What was the age limit that we agreed to here? Because I don't I, – Shoot, me I'm and Layla seeing, were doing
1: shots last week. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, shot. I just Singular.
4: I, I, yeah, had, no. I had Saturday. So I just want to know what age you think you, you need to stop that behavior –
3: I mean, it's it it, it's only been conditioned by my hangovers the next (laughs) and they've gotten progressively worse as I've gone.
4: Might I recommend coconut water?
1: And he better be at the halftime show.
3: Vegas has the IVs though, so like I don't know if I if I'm really in a bad way at some point this week I can just go downstairs and get an IV. So so my You and
4: I should never have Same days off.
1: I think that's a must, and it should be recorded.
4: Terrifying.
1: You guys should have your own show. My guess was going to be because you're such a style icon that the shopping was going to get you.
3: Yeah, I love walking around and window shopping. But are you, like, how much money do you think I make? I can't afford <laughs> like all of the shopping here. Are you kidding? Yeah,
1: it's too so, bad. I don't,
3: I, although I do have to go to Nordstrom and pick up a uh, an outfit option for honors uh, tomorrow at some point today because I had to scramble last minute. So I do have like two or three different options to wear to NFL honors. <laughs>
2: As you sort through everything at, at this point in the week, this is usually the day where we transition from crazy, silly, oh my god, Taylor Swift, and, blah, and all the, the the wildness of the first media crush, to actually talking football and and looking at how these teams are going to match up and what they're going to do. What is the most important unresolved X and O conflict in this game in your eyes?
3: I think it's. 49ers run defense. They have been, it's been a concerning aspect of that defense. And it's probably the only like real weakness you can talk about when you talk about the San Francisco 49ers right now, at least consistently. And you've seen Isaiah Pacheco come on very strong. uh, And he's had a hell of a year. I, I, the the Chiefs aren't the best rushing team, like they're, they're bottom of the league in a lot of those stats, but at the same time, they can figure out when and where to beat you. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that kind of marries up and who gets the better of who, because in, in the postseason especially the 49ers have really, has given up quite a few rushing yards, um, you know, even to the lions, especially in that first half. And then, and as it kind of continued, so. Um, I'm going to be interested in that. I'm always interested in the trenches, too. I just think that, you know, Kansas City has a really physical offensive line. And we've heard from people around the 49ers and even Steve Wilkes himself, their defensive coordinator, that he wasn't happy with the defensive effort against the Detroit Lions in the the NFC championship game. And he didn't think that his players were playing hard enough. And that is not an option against this Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. So that's going to be another really interesting thing to me, too.
4: Knowing what you know about the division, Carmen, and especially what you saw out of the Packers and the Lions and how they both fared against the 49ers, what do you think needs to change? Because it did come down to a horrific drive, at least for the Packers, for the Niners to also get out of that round.
3: Yeah, they have to play all 60 minutes up to their potential. This is a star-studded roster in San Francisco. There's no reason whatsoever that they can't be – completely dominant in a game and we saw that in the regular season it's kind of been a an opposite uh kind of season into the postseason for the 49ers and the Chiefs because the Chiefs obviously weren't the Chiefs that we were used to seeing in the regular season uh they did not look unbeatable they did not look unstoppable but yet here they are anyway because they completely dominated in the postseason that's completely opposite for the San Francisco 49ers where they were dominant in the in the regular season and in the postseason they barely escaped teams that were underdogs. This is like the, nobody gave the Packers a shot and I think that that, it, that was a little bit of an awakening to what the Packers are really doing up in Green Bay and just how many weapons they have and how hard that is to defend. And then the Lions, I mean, it, it took some a hell of an adjustment or a hell of adjustments uh out of out of Kyle Shanahan at halftime because that team looked completely different when they came out of halftime the San Francisco 49ers did uh against the Detroit Lions, but I mean the Detroit Lions are still a very formidable team they're going into next season now with like knowing that they were within reach of the super bowl and it was ripped away from them i don't know if you guys saw the players tribune article from uh alex anzalone their linebacker who was just like we're like this was all the motivation we need like dan campbell was encouraging his players to watch the super bowl and like bask in the the hatred and just the the disappointment of the season so that they can take it into next year they're going to be a tough out
1: what do you think of this Super Bowl having so much celebrity in it? You know, obviously you have Taylor Swift and and you, you you have Travis Kelsey there fending off all sorts of weird questions, but there's also Patrick Mahomes and the 49ers have been here before. It's, it's a huge thing for everyone to kind of be back to normal post-COVID to have This type of Super Bowl where there's a lot of interest, even from outside of those of us who love football.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's as much as the celebrity as it is what you were talking about before, where now we're back to normal and the Chiefs know what it's like. And and to be fair, so the 49ers, uh, what it's like to have a regular Super Bowl that has all the fanfare, that has all of the events. Uh, The teams are staying really far from the strip. And that was entirely on purpose. Uh, it sucks for media that has to go back and forth because it's not close, but that was absolutely trying to keep them locked in and, and on the game and everything else, because like we were talking about at the top of the show or top of the segment, Vegas has a lot of temptations and this was, but I think that it's going to come down to recent experience versus not recent experience, which on opening night, you could kind of see a nervous energy out of the 49ers you could see, especially with Brock Purdy, who hasn't really been here before in in this game in particular. So you're like, all right, they seemed like the new kids on the block, whereas the Chiefs were like, I mean, this is an annual thing at this point. So we're, we're cool. Like they were so at ease and so comfortable doing all of the fanfare, doing all of the media, all of that kind of stuff, because they literally did it last year and, you know, four of the last five years.
4: I'm glad you brought up the halftime adjustments piece of what San Francisco did because I feel like that has been the tale for both these teams is the savvy in-game adjustments that were made, especially during the playoffs. What was your opinion of how both teams ended up getting to this point and the adjustments they made throughout the season?
3: Yeah, I mean, Kansas City is just incredible, and I've learned history, – recent history has just showed me not to ever bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as much as I wanted – the Ravens in this game, just, just for something a little bit different. And because I wanted it for Lamar Jackson, I knew that I shouldn't bet against Andy Reed and, and Patrick Mahomes because a, they've been here before. And the way that they're able to evolve every single year, dependent on who they have available in their personnel. I mean, Kansas City's receivers had the most drops in the league this year. They had relative no-names until Rasheed Rice in his rookie season ends up being like, all right, this this is the future. This is the future number one receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs. They were able to work through all of that because Andy Reid is one of those absolute football sickos that is in his office all the time. Like, I know guys on that staff. And there are times that they're sleeping in the office and it's it's a very regular occurrence. I mean, this is who Andy Reid is. This is what he does. And they go to a completely other level in the postseason. And with two weeks to prepare, Andy Reid is going to concoct some things that we've seen it in Super Bowls past. Ring around the rosy plays, no look plays, this, that, the other. You're going to see some crazy stuff out of uh, out of Kansas City that you haven't seen all season. But what's interesting is you're going to see that out of the 49ers, too, Kyle Shanahan is an extremely pre- creative play caller. And the what, what he's able to do with multiple back sets is so different than a lot of teams in this league that he can do so many creative things with Christian McCaffrey, who is just a one-of-one player. Kyle Yuschek does not get the credit that he deserves for what he brings to this offense and the creativity that he allows this offense to have. And then you have guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk who almost feel like afterthoughts to this offense. And Kyle Shanahan is the is the puppeteer pulling all the strings. He's gonna come up with some new stuff in these next two in in this like this space between the game, um, this two weeks off. Like I just I can't wait to see all the creativity we're gonna see on that field. Uh, In this game. So it might be a familiar matchup, but these teams are going to look completely different.
2: Carmen, you know what else I've been thinking about, too, with all the credit that the Chiefs defense is getting deservedly and the respect given to Steve Spagnuolo. It's it must be nice when you know you've got a coordinator who isn't going anywhere who's really good at his job. You can pay him a lot of money. He was a head coach what 12 years ago, whenever it was. It didn't go all that well with the then St. Louis Rams, right? That When you have a guy like that, like think about landing a, a Vic Fangio or the way it must have been with Dick LeBeau. That sense, he's not coming for your job. There aren't people knocking down his door to get him. There has to be a level of comfort there that is a luxury for teams like that.
3: I'm so glad you brought up Spags and that whole situation, too. I, I know that people kind of are like, he should be getting more, you know, head coaching looks and all that other stuff. Spags said it on media night. He's like, I mean, I'm not going anywhere else unless, like, I'm guaranteed, like, to, like as long as we're winning Super Bowls or going to Super Bowls, I don't want to go anywhere else. And it allows Andy Reid to be Andy Reid and think about almost exclusively the offensive side of the ball and really come up with this really fun scheme and and really creative play calling and all that other stuff because Steve Spagnolo is basically the head coach of the defense and you can let them work autonomously almost and you can trust that he is going to have that defense ready to play every time and he does and he is a creative defensive mastermind in himself. I mean, the, the pressure packages that he comes up with and the different blitz variations and all that kind of stuff that you see out of him it's so creative and it really puts a lot of offenses on their heels because you don't really know what to expect. He switches it up week by week
1: to, to kind of go along with that. What did you think of the fact that Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson ended up staying in their jobs when everyone thought that those guys were going to walk away? Like, what what do you think that says about not always just having to take a head coaching job because one is available?
3: I think we get too caught up in this coaching carousel and thinking about these jobs that are open and oh my gosh it's a one of 32 opportunity to be a head coach all that stuff it's all true but at the same time these coaches or these coaching candidates are interviewing these teams right back and i but my first thought when i saw that ben johnson was staying in detroit was this is dan campbell this is the biggest testament to the culture that we talk so much about in detroit that ben johnson is turning down a significant payday like a b- much bigger payday to stay somewhere where they have built something special and he really believes in this team that they were so close this year they can get to the game next year that's what he wants he wants to stay for a super bowl that's what he told Amon ross st brown when he called him to tell him he was staying specifically and i think bobby slowick had they're building something really special in houston too And you have C.J. Stroud to thank for that, but you also, you have D'Amico Ryans to thank for that. And you're building from the ground up. And there's something very special as a coach of being able to build something that was left for dead for all intents and purposes. And really given no, like, there was no optimism necessarily that Houston was going to be good, especially this quickly. And now you're building this foundation that can look, and you can see sustained success in the horizon because you have all these young guys. I think that had a lot to do with it in Detroit, too, is... This team is very young as well. Their window for success is, is large right now, and it should continue to be there because of Brad Holmes and the way he's been able to draft and all that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate that. But I, I think that it, it it's a reminder for all of us that these guys have to interview these teams right back. And if it's not the best fit and they like where they're at, they're not going to go.
2: You mentioned Dan Campbell, and I heard something yesterday that I just left me absolutely just uh, dumbstruck. Diana Rossini reported that she talked to an NFL exec that said Mike Vrabel, his his physical size, is a drawback to some when hiring him as a head coach, saying he's so physically intimidating.
1: Which tells me the NFL executives are stupid. (laughs) And then I'm thinking, like, there's
2: Dan Campbell, who not only is enormous, he's one of the most emotionally vulnerable coaches out there. It just seemed so insane to me. In the NFL, of all places, like, now we have sizism? That would be an issue.
3: Right. I think a lot of what happens with Vrabel, though, is that he while he wasn't coaching under Belichick, he still comes from like that patriot way, that very controlling, domineering, like his version of being a head coach is to impose his size, I guess. Right, But if he's a jerk, uh, say he's a jerk. I mean, you can you can be two feet tall and and be an officious autocratic jerk, too. You can, but I guess it, it it means more, or it's a little bit scarier when you're big. Although, honestly, I've been around both Vrabel and Dan Campbell, and I mean, Vrabel's big, sure, he was an NFL linebacker, but Campbell is so much bigger, and he's so much more intimidating if you don't like really know him. I mean, he's like he's a really nice guy, like you said, he's very emotional, he's very authentic. I love covering him. I think that he's he's wonderful with the Detroit media. Um, their their beat there. But um, I, like I kind of get it, but Brable or Campbell is so much bigger than Brabel. Right. Like I don't know. And it's, also, we saw the team use that to their advantage, like this vulnerability, this emotion, this like absolute aggressiveness, or what did what did Dan Campbell call it? Controlled fury. Like they, that could be used as a good thing.
4: Also, Brabel is funny, and his oh, like I just I don't understand. Like they're just people in certain sizes. What an what an insecure thing for others to say.
2: It's so NFL executive though, like it's, so belie- it's believable because these people are so insecure, yeah.
4: and
3: it's 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 completely ego driven too. It absolutely um, I, is. Yeah, yeah, that's where that there's so many different types of egos to manage in this industry. Um, so I don't, I don't, I I know it was just a factor, and that's something that Diana stressed too. Was like this this person that I talked to said it's just a factor. It's not the deciding factor in not hiring Mike Brabel. I think the deciding factor with Brable is the amount of control he wants. Whereas a guy like Dan Campbell is much more collaborative and much more open to working with either the GM, the owner, all of that kind of stuff.
1: Carmen, you're the best. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Have fun, but not too much fun.
3: Thanks, guys. I'm old. I'm not having too much fun. Don't worry. Have
4: too much fun. I would just say,
3: or have too much
2: fun. Have too much fun. Yeah, who are we to say? That's Carmen Vitale of Fox Sports, NFC North reporter. We come back. uh, Billy Donovan had some thoughts on the conversations that are being had internally and externally as the Bulls are careening toward yet another trade deadline. We'll bring that to you when we come back on The Score.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with AutoPay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without AutoPay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 the score. In Odyssey. In Odyssey, 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 Odyssey. We have eight seconds to go. Edwards got tied up by Booch. Shot blocked by Booch. 15
1: blocks for the Bulls. Booch gives it up to DeRozan. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. And yes, let's dance! It
2: was a fun one. That was indeed a fun one. I quit on the game, and then I unquit and came down and watched all the fun stuff, but running up that hill indeed because... None of it seems to be getting anywhere. So the hope is at this deadline, finally, 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 with all of the injuries and all of the evidence and all of the inertia, that there's some awareness of that. And we can have that memory of that second half and that fourth quarter and that overtime and say thanks for everything. Demar and Caruso and Drummond and maybe even Vooch if people are asking.
4: You know why I liked the the question asked in the group thread last night by studs? Because it's caused Dan to have to couch against it all day. You're like, "Don't get don't get twisted. Don't fall in love with that game. Here's why you shouldn't fall in love with that game." It's getting to you.
2: It's an outcome. You said it before when we were talking football that there are rational Approaches and interpretations of certain outcomes, and that is an NBA regular season outcome that does nothing to alter the direction of a franchise, which is essentially nowhere. So, kind of
4: like beating the Raiders, Tyson Vagent. No, you hear that heartbeat in the floor, it's getting louder. Don't mention and louder Tyson Bajant. now. Louder. This
2: troll is reaching multiple levels of now you're invoking Tyson Bajant. So what does Billy Donovan have to say about where his team is right now? We know that he recently received an extension. So as far as we know, he's fine and not going anywhere, but some people might be.
5: I have not, you know, generally, like I said, it's kind of like an open door policy. I don't, you know, go around and try to take their temperature and those kind of things. Um, I think that these guys understand that that's... That's going to come and go every single year. You know, we have to be able to deal with that. I don't think we're uh, any different than any other team that's out there that's having to deal with that stuff. We all got a job to do, and you know those those things in in reality are out of all of our control. You know those decisions. So we need to focus on you know what we can really control.
2: Was there uh, any kind of staff meetings or anything? That you no were staff
5: meetings, of? but certainly as discussions. You know, I, I talk, did talk to our tourists. You know, I think that. I think maybe I mentioned before Sacramento, you know, when you're five days out, it's still a, a long time out. But, um, you know, he said he's had conversations with a lot of different people. Um, I did not from him in our conversations have like there's anything definitive or anything else like that. But he did did come in this morning and did talk to me about, you know, just having different conversations and just told me here because I think we're leaving tomorrow that, you know, we'd be on the phone. We need if we needed to talk more if things, you know, happened.
2: This is an obvious question, but it would seem that the Zach injury does change things. It changes the landscape for you guys. Now, how much? I guess we'll all find out in the next forty-eight hours. Right. But is that fair to say that? The I had Zach not being shut out for the shutdown for the year and uncertainty. Yeah. You know, four to six months, whatever it is. Right. Does change possibly the way you guys were thinking as an organization?
5: I think that could be certainly the case that they probably, you know, I, I did not get from tourist and or Mark like, hey, we were kind of going down this path and now we've kind of had a course correct and go here. Um, that that has not happened at all, um, at least in my conversations with them. I'm sure they have to look at that, right, because the, the, the hope was um, – when he did go out that second time with his foot, that he would return and he would come back. So I think that was the anticipation by everybody. And then I think using this, you know, uh, this past week to kind of have him do his own personal consultation with doctors and things like that, it escalated into him obviously having the surgery. So um, I'm sure those guys were looking at all those scenarios, would be my guess. But I did not get from them, hey, we're going this direction. Now, now we're going, yeah, I, I have not gotten that. Exclusive of, uh, exclusive what any you know management or does or thinking, uh, from your perspective, would you not like to see any of your players traded I mean on a personal level i, I when, when you 're with these guys every single day you know and you see the work they put in and you know, sacrifices they're trying to make. Um, and you see, you know, a guy like Zach go out and Patrick go out. And, you know, Vooch missed five games. Damar missed a game. Crusoe's missed games. You know, you see what they do to get themselves ready to play. There's always a personal attachment, relationship wise, that you have. Um, so selfishly, you always, you know, like I really love being around these guys all the time. You know, they're a great group to work with. It's a great group of guys. But there's also a business component of it, too. And we all understand we're in the business side of it. So, Uh, You know, if something did happen at the trade deadline, I would be disappointed, you know, just on the relational part. You know, you you, you get close to people, you invest in time. You know, you travel around the summers and you spend time. I mean, I've been to Montenegro to see Vooch and you go out to see DeMar and Zach and you go see Patrick and Kobe and these guys. There's there's relationships that get established and built, you know. But I know that the front office is always going to be looking at how do we make our team better? How do we improve our team, you know? Um, And... You know, I've been able to, uh, you know, be in constant contact with them, you know, in terms of the communication that we have on those things. Um, and like I mentioned to Joe, there's been nothing that's been definitive where they've come in and asked my opinion. Hey, we could do ABC. What's your opinion on that? That, that hasn't happened. Uh, and maybe it does between now and, and Thursday. Uh but that that relational part's always hard you know it's always hard and i think it's been a group that's you know the things that we've asked him to try to do i think that they've tried to continue to work to get better at those things
2: as always diplomatically handled and it seems he he sounds resigned to something happening but i don't want to read too much into that that it might be wishful thinking on so my that's part what the phone was i have about. a
4: counter actually to this Don't you remember in Summer League when he talked about what he thought the team needed and how he addressed, I think it was when Drummond was signed as the backup center after they had lost Daniel Tice, and how he talked about how, I think multiple times during the season, that they wanted more room protection, but that wasn't an option for them and talked about the deficiencies from a structural standpoint. I think he makes it sound like nothing is happening.
1: I think you can interpret it either way. Because of what the history of the Bulls has been, where when I look when I look at them, I feel like I'm watching a team that really like they 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 want to be sure, even though we're all pretty sure they want to be sure that it's not going to work, which would lead you to believe that they're going to play it out, extend Demar, run it back next year. I also think that Billy kind of being there and him talking about, as he all he's very loquacious, like him talking about his players and the relationship with the players. I like that the people asking questions gave him an opportunity to say some of that stuff publicly. Not that he wouldn't after they got traded, but it was nice to hear him discuss like how he really enjoys those players and, and being with them. There's still what, 28 eight hours left before the deadline?
4: Two o'clock tomorrow.
1: Oh, I'm bad with math. If they stand, if they stand pat
2: and, and and run it back, I, I need a an acceptable, lucid explanation as to why there's not going to. Be I don't, one. and I don't think it's possible. Yeah,
1: there's not one because, as we pointed out, there's no place as an organization that the Bulls feel like they're on solid ground. They don't have draft capital. They are they're not up against the cap, but they're not healthy from a cap standpoint. So it's not like free agency is something that you can go and fix this with.
2: And they're not good and they're not young.
1: Well, you put all those things together and maybe they'll think that their best option is to just hope that they get a a spasm of incredible basketball from the guys that are already on their roster. I think that that's foolhardy,
2: especially considering the injuries Mm
1: -hmm. and the history of injuries
2: we come back we have some controversy over an appropriative take on a super bowl haircut
1: yes not by the participant he's fine with with his haircut and knows where it came from that hasn't stopped people from assigning it to him we'll discuss that next here on the score
2: Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. The Bernstein at Holmes show on this Wednesday with Layla Rahimi in today.
4: Hi. Hey,
2: how you Hello. doing?
4: It's nice outside. Why are we in here?
2: It was nice yesterday. It took a nice long walk yesterday. It was just lovely. A
1: good day for it again today.
4: going to be 50.
1: Tell Jed we can come and do the show out by his office. <laughs> and
4: he, and today. That is not. If I had one thing to tell Jed, that's not it.
1: Oh, it would be sign Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman? Yeah. And maybe another starting pitcher?
4: Yeah. I did like the Hector Neris signing.
1: It's fine.
4: it was good. What do you mean? They needed a reliever.
1: It won't matter if they don't. If they can't produce runs.
4: That's right, Jed. Thank you. Thank you for this time.
1: I would like to share this yesterday from yesterday, Travis Kelsey. To give you a little bit of backstory, there have been multiple stories, including the New York Times, have written stories about people going to barbershops to ask for the Travis Kelsey. He does not like the fact that he is being linked with an appropriation. Here's what he said. It's absolutely ridiculous. And to, do it, and to do it on February
4: 1st,
3: to throw me to the walls like that, that was messed up, man. I don't want anything to do with that one, man. I I, just, I,
0: I got a good fade if you need it, though. It's a two on top, a nice high to mid fade with a taper in the back. But I didn't invent that. I just asked for it. Yeah.
1: Right.
4: How many barbershops do you think that New York Times had been in? Zero. Yeah, they had, they had
1: only been they had only been in, in barber shops where where the the only flashpoint is Travis Kelsey. No, like,
2: see the New York Times. Remember, because all of the New York Times reporters that are left have all been dispatched to diners across Middle America. Oh, that's right, they're in to, Iowa, right there, or elsewhere to find out about economic insecurity in the, these hard in, economic yes, times. That, that that term actually has been referred to as a Cletus Safari which is what most of the East Coast media has done, saying, who are these people who think these things? They're racists. Go back to New York.
4: They're just racists. I mean, maybe getting outside and off Manhattan would be good, you know? Yeah,
1: that would be good, probably. And, and, And one would only need to go to, I don't know, Harlem
4: <laughs> or right. the Bronx, New York, but, Times. I, but I'm saying,
1: like, even <laughs> if you're in Manhattan, <laughs> right? You could just go to Harlem,
4: anywhere, also, yes. maybe and go Brooklyn. to a barbershop. But, but yeah. I'm saying,
1: like, just for proximity's sake, if you're in Manhattan, <laughs> you could just go to Harlem. And ask people. You could probably find many of
2: the barbershops on which the barbershop Incoming to America was actually based. You could also
4: (laughs) watch sports. That helps.
1: Or have an idea of recent American history.
2: Just picturing the the, the New York Times editorial meeting there. It's like here's I've got movies. It's movies. People asking for the Travis Kelsey fade. Why this spells doom for Biden?
1: Well, that's next. Run with it. That That's going to be the next thing <laughs> yeah. they do. But shout out to Travis Kelsey for, one, understanding that he was being used in a way that he does not want to be used. Two, understanding the context of the story broke at the beginning of Black History Month and I'm being painted as, as the guy that everyone's asking about my haircut when that haircut has been around for a really, really, really long time. In, in different phases, whether we're talking about you want a low fade or a high fade, or when I had a little bit more hair, I usually would go with a bald fade taper. I still do, but there's not a lot of hair left over here. But still, I appreciate him understanding the gravity of it. And I don't know if that's because of just his previous relationships or his relationship with the community overall but i i give him kudos for understanding that he was being used in a way that was not cool
4: that was it was just a good way to stop something in a non-threatening manner like that's the other part about it it was like hey this is just a conversation like he was he was humorous about it in a way that still communicated the point it was well done
1: well it's it's similar to what happened last year where people thought that Angel Reese was doing the John Cena when she was really doing the Tony Yayo. But people forgot the part where John Cena is a huge hip-hop head and that's where he got it from and he has gone out of his way to credit Tony Yayo and the Tony Yayo dance with that being what he was trying to do. Antonio, of course, said that he was trying not to be seen on camera because he was on parole.
4: I mean, hey, these things happen.
1: Just saying that I appreciate folks that are willing to give the people who created something the credit, and even if you don't know it at the time, and you're willing to at least go back and learn a little bit about it, that to me, like that, that that's that to me is a a check mark on Travis Kelsey's page for me. Like that's, that's like understanding He
2: knows what he, he knows the haircut he has. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's
1: one thing to know the haircut, but it's another he thing does. to buck back but, against people trying to use you as an avatar for something that you didn't create. It's, that's where I think that he deserves the credit.
4: A lot of times you hear it in song lyrics, too. Like that's why I thought it was so cool about Tracy Chapman actually being on stage at the Grammys. That was credit given to the original artist.
1: Well, I mean, he he kind of had to because she wasn't going to allow for that to happen. What's been really cool is seeing what's happened with her albums
4: mm-hmm. now.
1: Like she's made a million dollars off of what happened this weekend.
4: But there's even like lines that are sampled, and you think that song is the first song to have that line in it, and it's not.
1: I was having a conversation. Like, I'm not, not going to.
4: Don't Believe Me, Just Watch is in reference to a prior song by Trinidad James.
1: Right. I was talking to a, a, a DJ friend, a, an on air DJ friend, who was laughing about they had never heard the Banana Boat song. And their only reference, what? their only reference to it was Beetlejuice. Okay, well that's that. I mean that's. But but then I said, well, what about Little Wayne? Because they're six foot, seven foot by Little Wayne, and I said it all goes. I don't goes- even know that song. Of course you don't. It all goes back to Harry Belafonte, mm-hmm. and this person had finally heard the Harry Belafonte version and was like my whole world just exploded Seriously. because I didn't know that the song from Beetlejuice was an actual like popular song for someone else and then I didn't realize that that's what little Wayne was sampling in six foot seven foot
2: this is a great point here from the three one two kid and play is in a commercial Right now, that may be the most well-known, if yeah, extreme, yeah, fade ever. But that's
1: different, though. And like, and that's usually where people jump to is the idea of guys in the 80s where we were talking with, like, Gumbies or with high tops. That's not what we're talking about. Almost everyone since then, when the high top fade kind of went out of style, people went to either baldy fades or low fades Or even in Travis's case, I think his is, what do you say? It was a two with a taper. That's what most people are walking around with. You're right. Like the kid, kid is an extreme play on the other hand, actually did have for a majority of his life did have the same haircut. And I'm using air quotes for those who can't see me that Travis Kelsey has. It's, it's fairly regular is the point that. In other communities, and not just the Black community, it's fairly regular to see that haircut. The fact that people are we trying really hard to be like, look at look at this trendsetter that Travis Kelsey is with his haircut. Any team that I traveled with right after
2: college in the early nineties, there was always a a player on the team who was the designated maintainer of fades. That he would it would have. Clippers and and he was there was always somebody who when you need a little touch up when you needed to get the line right when you need and because everybody had the same haircut.
1: Well, and a lot of guys in locker rooms think that they're barbers and they're actually quite terrible at it.
2: The, okay, everybody at least the locker rooms I was in, the guys who there was always several people who thought they were really good barbers. Yeah, but was that outnumbered in your experience by the guys who thought they were really good singers?
1: Well, I mean, I actually had a bunch of good singers I, in locker rooms. That I, I did I too, but but there's all. But I'm saying, as far as the guys who thought they were really good, no, I would say there were more. I'm a really great barber, okay, or a great cook. No, you're not. You're not either of those things.
4: Who's who's claiming they're a good barber who isn't?
1: Uh, oh, you a would lot be. You dudes. would be shocked. At guys in locker rooms are like, oh, I'm the team barber. Guys in locker rooms, you could take that into regular life. Yes. There's a lot of delusional 100%. people out here. I think
4: 100%. Okay, well, you know, my knowledge of a local barber to our sports athletes causes me to uh, have a luxurious view of this. Well, I he
1: think. he's an actual barber. He's not, excellent, too. Not an athlete that's like, I got some clippers. Like, we all own, <laughs> we all own clippers, fam. That doesn't make you a barber. Dude,
4: I, like, I cut an ex-boyfriend's hair once and lining it up was like the most nerve-wracking thing
1: yes that's why he should have gone to a barber and not his girlfriend unless you were a it was barber a quick
4: fix and i wasn't a barber but we got it done
1: i'd love to see a picture of it yeah i have one all right good was this during your blonde phase
4: no
2: oh okay Just curious
4: and i went to a professional for that ah. let's let's just not get it twisted there
2: when we come back, we're going to have a conversation in studio with Brandon Pope. He recently interviewed both Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles for On the Block on CW26. He's going to tell us about it on the score.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.